0: We're back on the Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590. The Fan. Happy Baby Friday. We'll take your calls at 7:30. As a reminder, we want to hear from you. How are we feeling this morning, Raptors fans? Let's air our grievances. Let's work through it together.
1: And let's do it today, so we can turn the page here. Be I some like more that. important things to discuss this summer, Toronto Raptors wise. But we got other things to be pretty excited about here in terms of Toronto sports. So let's get it out today.
0: It's Leafs and Jays season now.
1: Let's feel better about ourselves tomorrow. We'll get there.
0: We'll take your calls at 730 at 416-870-0590 or 888 590 or star 590 on your Rogers cell phone. Get that ready. Get your thoughts together. Have a sip of coffee because we want to hear from you at 730 Let's see how the vibes are with Katie Heindel, NBA writer at Dime, Gaming Society, New York Times, Slam Magazine, and Yahoo Sports. You write a lot about basketball feelings, Katie. Now, how are yours this morning?
2: (laughs) A little sleepy.
0: (laughs) Understandably.
2: Feel, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they're good. I think I'm with you both, um and I want to ask you a question after. But I think I'm with you both, just on the fact of this feeling like a good kind of cathartic opportunity to put things to bed. Does this feel like a little bit of relief for 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 you guys? You know, not relief because you're like you're not happy it happened, but in a way, you're like hey, now we can just shift our focus.
0: I certainly think so, and we worked through that. I believe yesterday when we were teeing up the game, like it just felt like. Low stakes, really, because we uh-huh. didn't have much ex- expectation for what, okay, they win this one. Do they win the next one? If they do get into the playoffs, like, do we expect them to actually do much? Like, I think we've had a level of dis not disinterest but lack of excitement around this team for the stretch here because it's been a disappointing season so yeah it ends last night it ends in a, a way that's almost fitting really it's a, a microcosm as I've been saying of their whole season in one night mm-hmm. it just it kind of felt deserved really so we're going to work through how how you
2: kind of talk about that right <laughs> that's very funny because I that's exactly what I have in my notes to start you know yeah. like in a lot of ways the loss did it mirrored the team all season you know it in some ways, it also felt one of the most easily, like, discernible losses. Mm. And I think a loss to figure out that they'd had all year, which is not what you want in that situation. But like you, I was kind of looking at the map of the postseason. I'm like, all right, if they manage to make it out of this, then they'll have these guys. Then you're looking at, like, a first-round series with the Bucks. It's like no mm-hmm. situation seemed better than this situation, and no situation seemed to be one where they'd have any more momentum or wanted to, uh, as you put it, actually be there.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of the apathy was kind of telling. Like, there were no expectations, right? And I think as we were going through it yesterday, teeing it up, like, it wasn't the worst thing in the world if the Toronto Raptors didn't win that game. In fact, it was probably the lowest-stakes playoff game in the city in a really long time. At least that's how it felt. And yet, the way it went down, you know, I I don't know. It it wasn't like, let's say, if DeMar DeRozan went out there, and DeMar DeRozan, by the way, my favorite all-time Raptor, will always be my favorite all-time Raptor. I love DeMar DeRozan. So if he went out there and was unconscious, unstoppable and just torched the team and it was competitive, I would have been like, okay, that was fun. That was a great Mm -hmm. storyline. There's at least something to kind of remember from this season. But instead, it was the slow erosion of the Toronto Raptors, uh, you know, that has happened sort of over the course of a couple seasons here happening in real time. And for that reason, for me, I guess it wasn't nearly as palatable as maybe I expected. It might be.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, we, we had this, like, nice false start and this kind of false sense of hope. You know, you've got OG Ananobi hitting a tree right out after the tip. I think Fred VanVleet looked extremely in control on the floor and all through that first quarter. The cracks, much like the Raptor season, start to show. I think when the bench or lack of bench starts to come in, that's when you saw so many points just get given up you know, the execution got a lot sloppier, the communication tails off. I felt like as much as that crowd, I will say, felt low stakes. It did not necessarily feel kind of like a playoff crowd. I'll say the energy and kind of the, 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 any sort of positive momentum and feeling just seemed to get sucked out of the team in the arena when the, when the bench came in and, you know, like the team got lax and the bulls chipped away at that 19 point cushion and, Mm -hmm caught up. Um but I will also say, you know, like you, huge DeMar fan, huge DeMar's daughters fan <laughs> interfering with the game. Whatever you can do, whatever. Sometimes mm-hmm. you gotta do it. It wasn't by no means DeMar DeRozan's game. It turned into the Zach Levine game. But the Bulls were not the better team. Like sometimes you say, oh the better team won. And like I think it's just the team with the more will and who decided pretty late in the game was like, oh wait this is suddenly within reach for us. Let's go for it. And, you know, the Raptors, by then, they had kind of given up any fight that they had left.
1: I kind of cringe a little bit thinking about being in your shoes. That's a weird sentence that that I said that out loud. But like, God, your yeah, life
0: is rough, spend, Katie. No,
1: spending, time, <laughs> spending time in that media room, and I think an entire, like, throng of media digesting the DeMar DeRozan daughter storyline. Yeah, like story how line. to like
0: talk like, about it. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, ripping like,
1: her? <laughs> I don't know. How do you like, how did you kind of handle that? Like you give your opinion and we're like, I don't really know. Like, I don't want to be critical. There's no reason to be critical. Am I giving her like credit? No, nah, it's, it's it's just a weird thing to like talk about. <laughs> so how do you like digest and unpack? And I guess did that contrast how others were kind of mm. digesting and unpacking that storyline?
2: I mean, it's not weird for me. I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Like, it, the, I think it's weirder for probably the Raptors. You know, mm-hmm. Pascal Siakam got asked about it in his post-game, and like, you can't admit when well, you can't admit that you heard it, and you absolutely cannot admit that it threw oh, you. Yeah to the degree that it did, because it obviously did. And then I think whether or not it was towards the end, and that was just like they were in that rhythm. They were in their own heads. They were just missing so many of their free throws that probably would have at least kept them in the lead, if not have won them the game. You can't really dissect it too much, you know, a little girl figured out a way to be defensive player of the game <laughs> and, <laughs> and she's nine <laughs> yeah and she's nine like there's no blame mm-hmm. whatsoever you know on DeMarta Rosen's daughter she's excited to see her dad She's excited to be there um, I think that speaks more to just generally how lightly a handle this mm-hmm. team really had on themselves and you know had on the direction of the game whether that that's not just closing games you know like we saw last night that's kind of controlling every quarter, quarter by quarter. Um, I think that's more indicative of that.
0: Yeah, and you lay it out perfectly with uh, indicative of how this team has been all season long. I kind of felt not surprising when you look at it. Fourth quarter collapse poor shooting night another guy comes in with a revenge game angle and somehow gets in your head like there's a disconnect between the way you start the game and the way you finish the game um let's talk about that fourth quarter though because you you mentioned that the better team didn't win the Raptors were the better team for most of that game the Bulls and Zach Levine specifically found a way to oh the cracks are showing let's exploit that Um, was there a way that they could have answered was there a a coaching decision or a, a lineup matchup that should have been done like if we start to look at the x's and o's was there a way that they could have stopped the bleeding and you know been able to pull that out in the end or was it just inevitable that that season was going to come down to the last couple seconds and the last possession and it being just a sad sad end
2: it felt inevitable in terms of watching the team maybe I think there are always moments in games where you can see the decision kind of leave or, like, acquiesce with the team. Like, it becomes easier for them to, to, to reconcile with themselves with the idea of a loss. But in terms of coaching, there were some questionable things that, you know, just watching, I don't know why Fred, for example, was on Zach Levine, certainly in the fourth quarter, but for a lot of the game. You know, like, as as collected as I mentioned that Fred looked and in control, picking his spots, was kind of the only one really, like, in charge of – timing and slowing things down to start that all kind of went out the window and you've also just got the fact that he's been playing so many minutes by that point he doesn't have the legs really to keep up with we saw like the explosive part of Zach Levine which I think has been kind of dormant for a lot of this season Fred just couldn't really keep up with that there was the decision to take Pertle out I think in the fourth and then you've got DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine just having like easy open roads for layups um, and nobody really there to stop them. Certainly nobody there to grab rebounds once you take him out. Um, so there was a couple decisions where it just, I think perhaps it was, with taking Yak out, I think that the hope was there would be a bit of a momentum shift, or, you know, like you could be a little bit smaller, um, more like dexterous on the floor, but if anything, it just increased the bleeding, so it didn't <laughs> help whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, I think, you know, if you want to go deeper into that, you also do see the experience of a coach like Billy Donovan, who kind of, you know, he's just been in this a very long time. I think he understands what it is to wait out games sometimes, sometimes that will win you the basketball game. And it's definitely what won the bulls, the game last night. Uh,
1: I, I, you can't really, you know, give credit to Chicago in this way. um, Because actually, you know, I, I look around the league now and I feel like this is sort of uniform but it feels like for the Raptors and to the Bulls to extend, like it was kind of just like, oh, we're going to throw our best at you and, and we're going to do the same in turn. But for me, like the most frustrating thing watching last night is that it seems like the concept of team basketball is just lost on the Toronto Raptors. Like like Nick Nurse is talking about, hey, these these guys need playoff experience. Well, why wouldn't you throw something that is, you know, Uh, inclusive to everyone, at least it seems, at the Chicago Bulls in that game, and you just deal with the results. Like, it's the same Nick Nurse story where it's like, I can only trust this, and we can only do that Mm -hmm. because that puts us in the best position to actually win a game, but when it comes... Like, that's results-driven. And if this team was more process-driven, I think they'd have more success. But maybe that's just not the way the NBA is right now. But I'm watching that game, and it's like, okay, Pascal's got his matchup. We'll see that. And Fred's going to heave up a three because I guess that's the best shot in this scenario or we really need to cut the bleeding, so Fred's got to hit a three. Like, it just seems like from a team basketball standpoint, offensive court set, This team has absolutely no fluidity, no rhythm, and it feels like that might be a trust issue. It feels like it might be a coaching issue. I don't know where it stems from, but this thing Mm -hmm. has evolved to the point where it's just like very, very predictable, and if one team gets hot or one player gets hot like Zach Levine, it's going to trump what the Raptors are trying to do.
2: Yeah, no, I think you you hit the nail on the head. There's a, a ton of connectivity issues that have been brewing all season, and again, like culminated in a game like that, which seemed like such an easy win throughout so many parts of the game, just on the table, uh, and the team sort of everybody on the team kind of going their own way. You know, like Pascal had 32 points, Fred had 30 had 26. Rather, OG I thought was very just like defensively clutch and in the game, but the three of them should be kind of better than their separate mm-hmm. parts right they should be coalescing to like lead this team and like indeed like they they all played over you no know, yeah they all played over 42 minutes which is wild because you know as you mentioned it would have been a good opportunity to get Christian Kloco in the game Why not give him some minutes? You know, like there were times when I think if you wanted to have an energy switch or try something just a bit weird, as you said, it's a good opportunity to get those guys minutes. Um, And Nurse seemed pretty content to just hang on to who he had until it was probably too late. And again, you've got that Bulls explosion late in the game. And these guys just seemed, I mean, the Bulls already seemed very tired to start the game, but the Raptors certainly seemed like the more exhausted Team to finish, and you know Pascal Siakam. I'll say was pretty hard on himself in his post game, and was calling himself out for a lot of mistakes. But I mean, if you want to just look at play, like pure play, I thought he played pretty well. He also called out turnovers, but I don't think the Raptors didn't have really that many more turnovers than the Bulls. All to say that the answer for the loss was not actually in the numbers of this game. I think it it is a connectivity problem. I think there's a problem just in terms of. I don't want to say team chemistry, but just all these, whether it's these guys kind of growing in different directions and not necessarily fitting and complementing one another like they did to, to last season, or even like in glimpses here and there to start this season. I think we're at that point now. You can't have someone also like your, you know, your best shooter, quote unquote, Gary Trent Jr. Coming in for two points. They're just mm-hmm. the, the glaring problems are just now in neon. So you can't go into the summer and ignore
1: those. Coloco's one thing, and you know, he's obviously gone through some rookie lumps and maybe he was never ready for this jump, uh, or at least to be an NBA player this year. But like Scotty Barnes not mm-hmm. fitting in and the connectivity issue being one that involves or doesn't involve Scotty Barnes, like where does the blame where should the blame uh fall at the feet or the blame should fall at the feet of who? For Scotty Barnes seemingly being part of that disconnect issue and not being among those you mentioned as Fred and Siakam and OG for having individual moments but not, you know, coalescing as you mentioned. Like, how is Scotty Barnes on the outside looking in in that picture?
2: I was a little bit um, not... I mean, there was disappointment, I think, in Scotty Barnes' performance specifically in that game. But I was a little bit confused as to, as to how Scottie Barnes looked so tentative and almost just kind of nervous um, to take control at certain stretches of that game. Definitely looked a little bit lost because I, I think that, to me, signals him not being set up potentially by the Raptors coaching staff to go into a game like that and fully take advantage of it. Like, he wasn't absolutely a ghost you know 19 points not so bad like he had some nice assists and he was in the right place at the right time for some moments. some of that was being more directed by somebody like Fred Van Vliet but you know when you've got Scotty on the floor as your secondary point guard it didn't really come together whatsoever and he has had good progress I will say towards the latter half of this season he's definitely had a slumpy sophomore season but a part of me just wonders what kind of encouragement or intel or like special preparation somebody like scotty is getting from the team at this point uh if he's coming out in a game like that and looking so lost honestly looking around sometimes like what should i be doing when it's like you're the one with mm-hmm. the ball in your hands at this point i would hope that even if the shots aren't falling you know it's a t- you've got a tough matchup Whatever you still feel confident enough in this, what will be the last game of your season and your second year as a Raptor, because you've had that instilled in you by the franchise ostensibly um, to to make those decisions, and that just didn't feel like it was there to me. I don't know that feels perhaps more like a existential problem we talked about before. Maybe it's a coaching thing. Maybe you've got you 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 turn some of the coaching staff over, and you've got people have that have a new way to approach. Somebody like Sadi Barnes and really you know, helping him excel and getting the most out of his game and his talents. But it was a bit of a bummer last night. Mm -hmm. Back on top of the other (laughs) (laughs) bummer.
0: Just bummer after bummer. Uh, We're talking to Katie (laughs) Heindel, NBA writer at Dime Gaming Society, New York Times, Slam Magazine, and Yahoo Sports. Now, naturally, I think a lot of these questions are going to lead towards Nick Nurse and the way he led this team um, throughout the last couple of years. And we had you on, I believe it was maybe three months ago, and – We mentioned the Nick Nurse discussion um, and you were early on just the way he was fitting or not fitting with this team, you know, not necessarily saying that that was the end of the road, but you kind of started that um, gave us a little bit of a a head start in thinking
1: about it. Ailish wants to allow for a victory lap.
0: I would like you to have the opportunity (laughs) to collect your flowers because it seems like that's the direction it's going. Now, Now part one of the question is, is that the direction you think it's going? And I guess secondary is, is that the right, way for this off season to begin? Do you get rid of Nick nurse and then let the puzzle pieces fit together with a new coach and a new direction? And I, I I don't know. I feel like personally, that's what we're going to hear a lot of in the next uh, segment where we have Raptors calls and and fans are kind of calling for that type of thing. But where do you think that that starts for you?
2: I mean, it is always, always the, the seemingly kind of easy surface Mm -hmm. fix, but in this case, I do think it would address some of the problems. Um, Watching a game like that, and then you know, in his post game, like Nick's not gonna be that clarifying of those points in his right. post game whatsoever. He was actually pretty demure, I'd say, and you know said he'd he'd just come from the locker room and you know talk to the team it was a tough game, a tough loss for them, like kind of a tough season um My sense is that he's one foot is at the door watching a game like that last night again, just in terms of like some of the coaching it didn't necessarily feel as sharp as it has in the past some maybe that's just like yeah you're not you and your players are not bought in uh to the point where you 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 were before a move like that it's funny like a part of me can see the franchise doing that tomorrow (laughs) but Mm. you also think they might wait a couple months because you might want to allow for a bit more churn in the league if you're going to look for coaches that are moving Um, as some other teams start to fall out of the playoffs you might want to wait and see who else becomes available on the international coaching market you know coaches who coach in the nba and have gone overseas and maybe are enticed to come back to a team like this um i question the teams that have been Floated for Nick Nurse, like if Houston is one of them, just because they're such a young team, and when you look at the problems the Raptors had this season, it, it it seemed like a lot of them Nick Nurse didn't necessarily have answers for, and there are no more answers, or there's no more of a complete team in Houston. We saw him do his best with this, the championship caliber team that he he basically inherited within his first season, and then when they continued that momentum into into the next year, even without Kawhi. You know, that was a very complete team. He had all the guys he needed, all the roles he needed. Everyone was very smart, too. You've got so much just, like, institutional and, I think, game intelligence on a team like those Raptors teams. You don't have that anymore, you know, and you can't rely on players to kind of fill in the gaps for you. And I think that's been the most disappointing thing, as I mentioned earlier, like not playing to your own players' strengths or seeming sort of out of touch with your player strength so I do think a problem like that can be addressed with a coaching fix and a, and a you know a fresh pair of eyes it also just you know like I said before sometimes in a game you can kind of feel when the game turns or goes away there's just I just have this sense where um he's not in he's like not yeah. in in the same way the team is perhaps not in in the same way you know they'll have to make their own decisions in terms of whether or not a couple key players stay as well. Um, we could be looking at a very different Raptors team, you know, come, come September. Uh, there can be a temptation definitely to throw the head coach under the bus. I, again, I do think it's a fix, but it wasn't, it wasn't Toronto's only problem this season.
0: Well, certainly they, they definitely piled <laughs> on and having the guy that leads the team being a part of that is, is a really tough uh, thing to navigate. So we'll see, maybe that's the, the first domino to fall, but I got two questions for you left. Um, you're going to be our little fortune teller. Our predictions. Um, the last game that we saw of blank with the Toronto Raptors. That could be Nick Nurse. That could be a player. Where do you
2: think? Do you start with that? Hmm. I'll say Nick Nurse. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. We'll you laid it out. <laughs> I will say Nick Nurse. Honestly, it seems it's very strange to say that the coaching decision seems the most straightforward. You know, given the contracts that are that are coming due. You can't let someone like Fred Van Vliet, as much as he's a good faith player to your franchise, you cannot let another player kind of walk for nothing. So, whether that's a sign and trade or something, like, you know, those questions are still up in the air. But you've got, as I said before, like the glaring problems are just even more, are even brighter now. So, you've got to f- make some fixes there. Um, it's very strange to say Nick Nurse feels like the sure thing, but there it is.
0: Well, I mean, uh... <sighs> wouldn't be surprised one last one um let's Mm -hmm. end on a positive though because we gotta we gotta find a way to have some positives this morning biggest point of confidence you have right now when you look at this raptors team the pieces that might be there and the way that they could
2: you know rebuild and come back stronger next year okay this is gonna sound like it starts negative but it's going up i promise so nurse (laughs) Um, that's how it goes
3: right now (laughs)
2: Actually, I thought um, Michael Grange in his piece had a, he, uh, like to wrap the season, he had a good point is that all season long, I think this team's goals did keep getting smaller. You know, first you're like, they're like conference finals. Then it's like, okay, maybe top six. Then it's all of a sudden just trying to keep your head above 500. And then it's the play in. I think the silver lining from considering all of that is there are so many ways to go up from here <laughs> this summer. Yeah. There there really just are. We're going to look, it will be a different team you know, not even come the fall, I think much earlier than that. Um, You've got the draft coming up, the draft, the, like wherever, and I'm not like a, it, it all hinges on the draft type person whatsoever. I just mean the Raptors, you know, do pretty well there. You've got summer league coming up. You'll get to see, you know, some other kind of bench level contracts in flux and new people brought to the team. The off season is always exciting. There'll be some big moves made there. Uh, and again, like, This was like bottom of the barrel performance for this Raptors group, I'll say, in the last five seasons. And it just does not seem like something that the front office is going to be comfortable hanging its hat on or letting stick around. So there's really just kind of limitless ways up from here. It's just a matter of which one comes first.
0: Well, we get to see Demar versus Kyle tomorrow night. I'm sure that'll yeah. be fun for us Raptors fans. Uh, any lean on how that one goes between the two uh, the two friends going head to head when the stakes are pretty high.
2: I mean, is Kyle going to get his boys there screaming? Because
1: then <laughs> you have got
2: a good, That'd be fun. Kids, match. A good I, I kids match. I don't. I
1: don't know why. <laughs> Demar is ruling it out. I mean, it's a Friday. You're not going to miss Get much school. Get the kid out of school. Get the private bird yeah. there, straight mm. from uh, you know English. And do they do English when you're nine years old? I'm not really sure. Uh, but when they're doing some basic uh, addition and subtraction, I think she can jump on the bird and be there.
2: Yeah, maybe. Not to put any ideas into any kids' heads out there. School's really important. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, I think that's actually a great game for Raptors fans in the state that they're in to sit back and just watch mm-hmm. and realize you're not having to go up against Kyle now. You can just have a very cathartic matchup between two uh, very best friends.
0: It'll be fun um, for sure to just to sit back and enjoy basketball for the next little bit. Uh, Katie, appreciate you joining us this morning. Thanks for helping us work through it. Uh, We'll be looking forward to uh, all your pieces post season here and moving forward. What happens in the off season? We'll definitely get you on to talk through that. Thanks so much, guys. Have All a right. good one. Talk soon, Katie. Uh, Katie Heindel, NBA writer at Dime Gaming Society, New York Times, Slam Magazine, and Yahoo Sports. And as we mentioned, after the break, we'll take your calls. Um, that'll be at 416-870-0590, or Star 590 on your Rogers cell phone. Uh, we're starting to break down what was the Raptors' season, what will be the Raptors' off season, and what you need from this franchise moving forward you can call us and talk it out we want to work together through this period
1: yeah let us know what we missed too Are we, have we missed something with our with any oversight with our breakdown like mm-hmm. it's you know it's kind of emotional it's kind of just like do the x's and o's really matter like I, I like what katie alluded to like it's just like does nick nurse care anymore and if your coach doesn't care anymore do you have any chance at all right do you have any chance any fighting hope that you could win a game like that, that you could get through the play in if everyone is not all in, and if one person in particular is not all in, what chance did you have? Like, for that reason alone, like if it's any even inclination that that's the situation, you have to move on. You have to start fresh. It is time.
0: It's almost time to look ahead at the NHL playoffs because we got one more day here, the final day of the regular season. Your Maple Leafs wrap it up with the New York Rangers tonight, 7 p.m. That's at MSG. And no stakes there because their playoff picture has been set. And it's time for something to chew on, brought to you by Great Canadian Meats. Yum, yum, yum. Last night, we saw the end officially of an era. The Pittsburgh Penguins officially eliminated They had the NHL's longest active playoff streak at 16 seasons. It's the first time since Sidney Crosby's rookie year that they will not be in the playoffs. No Crosby, no Ovi. It's a very weird feeling going into this playoff round because it just feels like a changing of the tides. Uh, It's like. A part of your my growing up was watching those guys specifically in the playoffs. Yeah, we're, getting old.
1: And we're getting old, is what that what I can say you
0: on. You are old. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, it, yeah,
1: it's it's disappointing. Like we were kind of talking about it yesterday. I was I was on with the guys in Vancouver, Thomas Drance oh, okay. and Jimmy Dodd, and we were like we were discussing this and like how <laughs> different it is and how I kind of got complacent being like. Oh, uh, you know, I'll just be good for all enjoy the Sidney Crosby experience in game one of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Well, we don't get that luxury this year because they're not going to be there and it can't be Raptors level. Well, maybe it could, but Pittsburgh needs to look themselves or itself in the mirror uh, very critically because you cannot waste. You cannot squander the final years of Sidney Crosby who guess what was great again. They got nothing from their depth in Pittsburgh. They have built a bad team now Mm -hmm. in Pittsburgh around Sidney Crosby, and frankly, it's bad for the sport. It is bad for the sport that there's really nothing Sidney Crosby's playing for at this point as long as his team is that bad. At least Ovi has the goal chase. At least you can sell some tickets and build some hype around Alex Ovechkin's search of the goal record. But what does Sidney Crosby have left? What is the the carrot, the incentive for Sidney? There needs to be something there for Sidney Crosby. And unfortunately, this Penguins team is letting him down. And again, you can't be great forever. 16 seasons is you know a long time to make the playoffs. Uh, but at this point, Pittsburgh's not up to snuff.
0: With their elimination, the longest active playoff streak in the NHL now belongs to... The Boston Bruins and the Toronto Maple Leafs at seven straight seasons. Now, isn't that eh? a nice feeling to have? You're now holding down the fort, tied with the Bruins for the longest active playoff streak. At At least you're making it in. No playing around there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh but you know, that's now the longest playoff streak without a series victory.
0: That is correct, Justin. Well uh, always was, I guess. We got a text in here. Today's Raptors therapy session will be a good warm-up for the Leaf edition that will be coming in ten days.
1: Yeah, that one will that's be approached. Mike. That one will be approached a little differently <laughs> if we get to that point.
0: All right, we have a bunch of texts in about your feelings on the Toronto Raptors at five ninety-five ninety. We can read some of those, but we'll take your calls after the break raptors therapy session kick off your baby friday let's try to find something maybe as katie did a little positive spin and basically the positive spin is it can't get much worse but, but that is a positive in itself all right get your calls in now you can get in the queue uh that's 416-870-0590 triple a triple six zero five ninety or star 590 on your rogers phone we're looking forward to chatting with you this morning raptors calls after the break
1: the best Blue Jays show out there, period.
2: Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: We're back on the Fan Morning Show. Sports 590, the fan. I'm hearing myself echoed through the radio. Are you hearing that?
1: Uh, No, I'm good. <laughs> okay, you talk for a minute. A little problematic. <laughs> Okay, so we're resetting the phone lines. We're welcoming your calls. 416 870 0598 888 590 or star 590 on your Rogers cell phone. This is a Raptors therapy hotline. What do you want to see happen this offseason? Who's untouchable? The fate of Nick Nurse. Is Nick Nurse going to have any success in Houston with a young team? Biggest point of disappointment, optimism, what's on your mind? Are you just mad? You can just be mad if you want. So call in and be mad. Again, it's 416-870-0590, 888 590 or star 590 on your Rogers cell phone. Alish, are you with us? I've done PGM pool, uh, proc She is not with us yet. I thought you were answering me. You were answering the guys in the back. So, yeah, uh, I guess we're working out some Some issues here, but uh, phone lines are open and we want to hear from you. Let's get that queue up and running. We have DeMar DeRozan versus Kyle Lowry on Friday night with the chance to go to the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Are you excited about that? Uh, I don't know if I'm excited for all that, but uh, we shall see. If that is something that Raptors fans want to get into, especially on the cusp here of the NHL playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Toronto Leafs getting involved and I'm the back. Toronto Blue Jays, of course, How'd you do? in action. I asked you a question <laughs> and then you started talking and you were talking to someone else. and It was a little I confusing was for a second there.
0: the radio in my ears, but also hearing you in person. I think my brain just exploded. So we fixed it. Thanks we to Josh. He came in here and fixed it. We're I just good. had to press one know, button. We try,
1: we try to welcome anyone else <laughs> in and it causes a bit of a stir, but I think we're no, all right. No,
0: that was all, I, yeah, I just had to press one simple button. All right. Should we k- kick it off, folks? All right. Um, Alan in Toronto was first in the line here. Alan's going to join us. But uh, You liked DeRozan's daughter and thought she was a superstar last night. How's it going, Alan?
3: Yeah, good. Yeah. I was there. I was in uh, oh. 300 of the three hundred level green section and uh should have seen people coming out of there. There was smoke and fire in everybody's uh, in everybody's belly. It's that's unbelievable. They had a they had them in the palm of their hands, nineteen mm. point lead and they, they let it go away. And eighteen from 18 from thirty six from a free soul line, that's the worst since mm-hmm. since back in nineteen sixty nine and Jackham couldn't take advantage of the uh, the give three point uh, free throw. That was very controversial at the end, and he missed the two of them. And uh, Pat Riley or Greg Popovich, they wouldn't put up with that noise from Demar's uh, nine year old daughter. You know, it's, uh, he was one of the stars of the uh, of the game yesterday, and I could see Nick Nurse on the uh, on, on the uh, tube. He's definitely mm-hmm. pondering his future. Very likely to depart. And there's without naming names. I mean, we got the whole off season to to worry about that. Uh, there's going to be a heavy shakeup in the former Raptor juggernaut. And Howard. the good news is that uh, daughter, uh, the daughter's not going to Miami. That's the good news for uh, for the Heat. But uh, you know, she should have been disciplined. And then she comes, she walks on the court afterwards too, while he's being interviewed, while DeRozan's being interviewed. Oh yeah, we were all uh, we were all very upset when we left the building. No doubt about it. Yeah, I bet
0: the uh, I bet the energy wasn't wasn't great leaving the arena, and especially mixed in with the Blue Jays fans who were headed to Union Station with a little pep in their step. Um, sounds like he could hear it. That was that was Alan in Toronto. Thanks for calling in, Alan. Sounds like he could hear from the three hundreds. Uh, little. DeMar DeRozan's daughter making the noise, but I, son- I
1: stand by it though. You're paying customer, not that I don't think she paid for the seats. Uh, spe- <laughs> uh, her specifically, at least, mm-hmm. uh, you can if it's within reason. You can yell and scream while someone's shooting a free throw, and uh, I have no problem with what she did because you're allowed. It's well yeah. within your right.
0: But Alan mentions felt to slip in away questions around Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse's future, and those were all things that we're gonna touch on. As the weeks go by and we hear more from both the Raptors, the coaching staff, the management, ownership, etc. Um, let's chat with Duncan in Cabbage Town. Feeling a little bit opposite to how Alan felt about uh, DeMar DeRozan and daughter or same boat uh, that it wasn't a respectful move?
4: No, same boat. Uh, wasn't a respectful move. Uh, good morning, guys. First of all, long time listener, first time caller. How you Thanks. doing? Thanks so much. We're good. Um, yeah, no, I, I just left the, the game. Don't get me wrong. I put full blame on the loss of the game on our Raptors, that 19 point lead and unforgivable lack of three point shooting. I'm completely on board with the fact that Chicago was the better team last night, but I do am left with a bit of a kind of disappointment that, uh, his daughter, DeMar's daughter was allowed to scream like that at every free throw. Well, why, why, know- why is she not allowed to? Well, I, I agree with your point, Justin. Your ticket should let you, you know, within reason, hoot and holler and cheer your team on. But I think there needs, like, shouldn't there be some sort of, um, you know, like above and beyond what's normal? Shouldn't there, shouldn't, like if nobody else has ever done that in the history of any NBA final game, that to, to that point, like to that effect, doesn't that seem a little bit like a lack of sportsmanship to you guys?
1: Well, I mean she's she's 9 years old and she wants her father to do well. I, I listen, I, it's I don't I don't know if it's how it's any different honestly. I mean we you hear some there's uh, there's examples of this in the past and maybe maybe it's not the same attention because it's not Demar Derozan's daughter who's done it before, but this is something that we see in sport especially you know you you are encouraged if you're in an arena to, you know, Make noise while the opponent's at the free free throw line. Like, this is something that is normal in basketball. It's just completely out of left field if this because was just it somebody was.
0: somebody else's daughter, like uh, Duncan and Cabbage Town, just a random person. Do you think we'd, we'd be talking about it as much? It's just Damar DeRozan's we, we daughter. We would have
1: been in like this morning. Did you hear that screaming every time?
0: Yeah, they should have got rid do of that think, kid, do whatever. Think,
1: do you think that did, you know, that had any effect on the 18 from or 436 yeah. uh, from the free throw line? Like, it's. There's nothing wrong with what she did. What's wrong is that the Raptors were seemingly affected by that what professional was
0: Professional basketball players let it affect them in whatever sense. And maybe they didn't, and maybe they did, and they won't be able to admit it. They're not going to come on the podium and say, honestly, that kid was in my head. I couldn't focus. Like, of course, that's not the, the way like, you're going to address this. To, but
1: To suggest the Raptors' season is over because of a nine-year-old girl's
0: I don't think we are suggesting that. Tactics. I think we're saying that it was certainly a factor, but nonetheless, it needs to be a we've got to zoom out a bit and say this team shot fifty percent from the free throw line. They led a fourteen point fourth quarter lead diminished like they have traditionally throughout the season. And it was everything that could have went wrong that we've seen go wrong for the Raptors went wrong yesterday in the must-win game. And yeah, that's the big and, That's the big story.
1: And let's focus on that. Like, you, you can come on and, 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 you know, you can ask us whatever you want. You can share your comments. But, like, w- we shouldn't be, like – I don't want this to devolve into a conversation or debate around a nine-year-old girl and what she's doing at a basketball game. Like, it's a little uncomfortable just talking about it by ourselves, and I don't think we should be completely debating that at this moment.
0: Okay. Yeah. And I agree. So, uh, Paul in Toronto is going to join us here. He's feeling heartbroken, possibly, that we made the playoffs. How's it going, Paul?
5: Hey, yeah. First of all, I agree with you with the nine-year-old girl. Come on. We we have noise makers to distract the opponent team. That that's just silly to be worried about what she did. But uh, you know, as the game was slipping away, I was turning to my friends. and I said, we shouldn't have made the playoffs. We should have traded for assets for the future. This team, it's it's just it's not on the way up. And you don't you don't struggle to make the playoffs unless you're trying to build to something. And right now we're still rebuilding. And we. You know that's that's what's most frustrating to me that we miss the opportunity to acquire assets or tri- or draft
4: picks or, um, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a great point. I mean this team spent a twenty twenty four first round pick to get Jakob Pertle into the fold, took away from its future for the present, and of course the present is you know a tenth place finish in the Eastern Conference or ninth place finish rather <laughs> and losing to the 10th place team. And now being a little bit outside the real impressive range of potential prospects coming in, they still have their 2023 pick, but they won't be picking in 2024. And what does that say about next season? Well, the expectation, if you're not choosing in the first round of a draft is to have a successful season. And that means this summer they have to try and get considerably better than they were this year. And I think that's a tall task
0: perfectly aligns with what Sam in North York wants to talk about the trade deadline and how that changed the direction of this team. How's it going, Sam, Sam in North York. Hello. hello. How's it going? We're good. Thanks, Sam.
4: Yeah, honestly, I think everyone blaming uh, the Martha Rosen's daughter is kind of ridiculous. Or if we're going to blame anyone individually, we've missed 50% of our free throws. So many turnovers. I went for a walk early in the, uh, later in the evening and then I, I'm hanging out with some friends. I'm watching the game. I thought, damn, this game is over. But, wow, that was ridiculous. But, honestly, I I don't know what like what the direction we're going at is. You know, they got Jakob Pirtle. W- what's next? That's, that's what kind of worries me the most about the Raptors right now. And I'm kind of concerned, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I think what worries me the most is that, okay, you can make the coaching change, which I think everyone expects right now. But then you have to answer the question then how much of it was coaching. And I tend to think a reasonable amount was. But even if Nick Nurse had a net negative this season, if you want to put it that way, and someone comes out and actually gets something out of this group, you still have to wonder what that is worth, right? What is it worth? You're not Milwaukee. You're not Boston. You're not Philly. You're not Cleveland. You're not some of these teams that are clearly riding an upward trajectory. So even if you get something more, you wasted a season with someone who wasn't giving you even an idea of what you actually have at this precise moment. And now you got to make decisions on free agents. In addition to maybe making that coaching change, there's so much unknown you're stepping into. And when the expectation is to win, the pressure is high. You have aging stars. You have uh, decisions to make on free agents. Like, there are a lot of landmines there to potentially step on. And it's not as simple as like, you know, we know we have something. We know we have talent. We just need the new coach. It ain't as simple as that, unfortunately.
0: John in Toronto is going to join us now. He's happy that they lost. He wants a lot of action this off season. How's it going this morning, John?
6: It's going. How are you guys?
0: Oh, we're working through it. Appreciate the call in.
6: So, in my view, this is good news for the team long-term because these this collection of players, they're mostly one-dimensional. They do one, good, one thing very well, and then they do nothing else very well. Like, Frank VanVleet tries hard and plays good defense, but over the last five years, he's one of the worst shooters in the entire NBA. And that's combined over five years. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, Barnes regressed under Nurse. Nurse, I'm sorry, I've always said this, is a Bushley coach. He only won the title because Casey didn't have Kawhi. I've always said that if Kawhi had been traded for before Casey got fired, uh, Casey would have still won the title because he was just as good as Nurse and probably even better. Nurse can go to Houston. That's great. He hasn't made any young players better. So great. He can go ruin their young core and their draft picks. So that's beautiful. Um, But you're also trying, they, they were trying to play three forwards in like two forward slots. They were constantly trying to do that, and it just hasn't worked. And you can see it hasn't worked by the results. So at the end of the day, one of them has to go. Yes, they're all good enough to help a team, but somebody has to go. In my view, OG needs to man up and want the ball. It's always he's probably the best player on the team. If he actually took twenty shots a game.
0: All right, John. Appreciate the call in. Uh, he touched on a lot there. I think development is certainly one that we didn't see much of this season. If you're going to have a year where you don't get very far, you want to feel more positive about your players growing into something. And John brings a good point that they didn't. They didn't. Uh, didn't develop. Enough this season, and that's a big, a big goal for the off season. We got time for a couple more here. Um, Joining us, Gee from Toronto. You're not feeling too great this morning. Um, How's how's uh, how's it working through? It's only a couple hours removed, but uh, your your vibe this morning, Gee. Yeah,
5: good morning. Uh, I can't believe the fans today. I mean, I mean, listen to the hypocrisy. We're talking about a nine-year-old girl on the sidelines who, who apparently was the outcome, who was the reason why the Raptors lost. I mean. (laughs) Come on, let's get real here. First of all, she's nine years old. Let her do what she wants. That's it. Mm -hmm. Case closed. That had nothing to do with the game. And Good for her. As far as the team is concerned, I mean, our last guy, he was out to lunch. I mean, give me a break. Nurse, isn't a good coach? Are you kidding me? Like, anyways, I'm not even going to get into that. But (laughs) listen, listen, this team, I I used to love every player on this team, not just when they won the championship. They just seemed like they were focused, what have you. Um, I just thought, oh, gee, you know, he wants to be the guy. He didn't show up yesterday. Um, Freddie, all we've been hearing about all year is about his contract, his money. Like, I've had, an, uh, you know, I like Freddie, but I've had enough of his game. And um, Siakam, I would love, I don't know if you have a statistician, but I would love to see what this guy's field goal percentage is in the last two minutes of a basketball game. Because other than that dunk yesterday, I don't remember him scoring in the last two minutes of a basketball game, at least on a jump shot, in the last four months, honestly. And um, you know, just and, and nurse, you know, there's just adversity everywhere. Nurse doesn't want to be here anymore, and but you know what, the run's over. Let's rebuild this. Keep Barnes, uh, keep OG, and the rest of them. I get rid of all of them. i hang up and listen. Great <clears throat> show.
1: Uh, thanks, yeah. I mean, it's I think if there's one conclusion to draw, it's that this has run its course, right? That this version, this iteration, this group, this coach, this ecosystem has Mm -hmm. run its course. And I think you make a good point. Like this team was somehow far less likable than it was at this time last year and in previous seasons. Like, I I don't know if that's an individual thing. I don't know if that's just losing way more than you did before, but it felt like, yeah, the fan experience for me is like, I don't like these guys Mm -hmm. the, the way I used to. And that's a really weird position to be in as a fan, especially when some of these guys help bring the greatest moment that a lot of us have consciously experienced in this city in terms of a championship and the 2019 run. It's a weird, confounding feeling that I think a lot of Blue Jays, Blue Jays fans, Raptors fans are dealing with right now.
0: All right, we've got time for one more caller. Asher in Mississauga, you're looking for a change. Maybe look for... Positive times to to shuffle things up in the offseason. How's it going this morning, Asher?
7: Thank you, guys. Uh, You guys were great this morning. A lot of good points. Thanks. Uh, Enjoy listening to you. Uh, Yeah, my take was, you know what? We can get into all the stuff. We know it's time for change. Uh, Nothing against Nick Nurse, but I I think it's time for the new voice. Uh, People brought up some good points around that. My thing for us is this. We lost a lot of games in the fourth quarter Mm -hmm. um, because we don't have a closer. Right, Every good team that you look at in the playoffs in the top tier, they got a closer, that guy that can get that bucket in the last five minutes, the key bucket. Um, I'd like to keep OG. I'd like to keep um, uh, Scotty. And you know what? Siakam hasn't proven uh, that he could be a max player. I, I wouldn't pay him the max money. I think he's a great second player. I think he could be uh, good on another team. I'm not a Kyrie Irving fan, um, but the way we get players is through trade or another way. Free agents, I'm an American, Canadian. They don't come here, unfortunately. Um, But you know what? I'd be open to listen to hear because we need that closer. If we got them guys in and bring a coach in, we got some good young players. Um, We just got to move forward to look at that. And you know what? Masai, I love Masai. I know we do, but he's got to take a little piece of this on bringing some pieces in of our role players. We always had good role players. It wasn't there this year. And so if we can do that and we look at getting that guy uh, that could be a closer, Hey, we, we can come back. We have defenders. We'll have some shooters and, and uh, a new coach.
0: Mm -hmm. Asher appreciate the call in Uh, lots of great points there. I think initially we've always felt like we've been a superstar away, right? You got good pieces. You got good support at times, but it wasn't working with a bunch of guys trying to fit in, different timelines. We talked about this through the trade deadline as well. Maybe it needs to be a big package, which was possibly on the table at times, but I, I think he's right. OG and the, the previous caller says OG and Scotty Barnes. It those are your untouchables. And then who knows which direction to go this off season, but
1: Ooh, we went from trading OG to untouchable pretty quick.
0: Oh, well, yeah. I mean, if you're going to trade Pascal, are you going to get rid of well, Pascal's?
1: Well, I don't think anything's off the table. Honestly, well, yeah, like I, I think if you make Pascal, You know, the superstar guy, the max guy, the guy that is going to lead your line. You are already... But he hasn't proven that he can be that. Exactly. You are already introducing a ceiling. Mm -hmm. Right? Can you win a championship like that? I don't think you can, personally. So I I feel like that's a conversation worth having. Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster flat out have not done a good job for more than a year now. At least, uh, I think, in my opinion. So you have to at least be critical of what they've done. And it shouldn't just start and end with Nurse. Everything should be on the table. Everything should be considered because this team, despite its obvious flaws, have things underlying as well that maybe set themselves up for a fixed ceiling or something that is un- impossible to break through. They may not be able to be ever a title c- contender again with this core or with what they have. And you got to decide whether you're okay with being, you know, A really good team, or do you want to be the best team in the NBA again, like they were in 2019? And to get back there, it might be a full measured approach yeah. and serious, serious, serious change, and many maybe many years of hurt where this team is acting like the Houston Rockets and being awful for a long time, like that shouldn't be off the table as well if you want to be a championship team, you may have to act like Oklahoma City has and Houston has because this hey, we'll stick around and we'll make that big trade. That core is getting older, and that window might be passing them by.
0: we appreciate all the calls in this morning um I feel like maybe therapeutic for us all. Um but we have lots of texts to get through as well. Five ninety, five ninety. We can sprinkle some of those in. If you still want to air some of your grievances, some suggestions for the off season or some glimmers of hope, we'll take it uh, for the rest of the day and also your wake and rake picks at five ninety, five ninety. We'll talk some more Raptors in their season, but we have Chris Mad Dog Russo on the show afterwards, um after the break. He's gonna help us break down some MLB starts of the regular season. How about those Blue Jays, but how about the Tampa Bay Rays, who are just on a tear? How real are they? Chris Mad Dog Russo on the other side of the break.